0: Welcome to another episode of the Game T Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach, and I'm ZAR. And back in the producer booth is Cam. Cam, how you doing? What up, dogs? Hey. <laughs> All right. So a couple of weeks ago, we did uh, Tales from the Backlog, and we picked each other's next play. I got Sunset Overdrive. I think you got Bug Snacks, ZAR, yep. and Zach. We set you up with Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Poyo,
1: poyo, poyo. <laughs> Get to the poyo. <laughs>
0: So now it's time to discuss how the plays went. Um, we'll just do it the same order of where we picked the game. So, Zard, did we pick for you first? I believe so, yes, yes. All right, well, you finally get to talk about bug snacks. Oh, yeah, Zar's talking bug snacks today. I know you'll get to the ending, but dark, right? Yeah,
1: well, dark. okay. So, initial thoughts. You told me that the last 10 minutes of this game was dark. The whole fucking game is dark and depressing the only reason it looks cute and charming is because all of the main characters are fluffy everyone's got problems some dude's wife left him another person is depressed because everyone hates them like yeah these people have real problems and i am just shoving band-aids down their throats yeah but they're delicious yeah but they're you know they're delicious band-aids <laughs> get a couple fryers okay. and some burgers.
0: okay and that's absolutely true and wiggle was always my favorite the musician yeah wiggle was good but
1: there's a lot of pain in wiggle
0: <laughs> oh big time so just start from the list because we're gonna treat this like a normal game review so tell us a little bit about what you thought of the art style uh the characters the story gameplay and then just some final thoughts
1: yeah, so the graphics and art style. I started playing this on my brand new Series X, and it looked very good. Yeah, um, this was HD Depression. HD, HD yes. Depression. Yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I mean, really funny. <laughs> for for a fluffy cartoon style game, like the the visuals worked really well. Um, I didn't notice any clunky animations, any laggy frame rates. Um, The rendering was one thing that I did have an issue with, though. Your uh, long-distance view rendering was not quite up to par for modern games. This wasn't
2: Xbox Series X enhanced, was it?
1: (laughs) Um, I don't think so. It was just whatever my Xbox downloaded. I don't think it was enhanced, though.
0: In reality, the only times where you would actually, that would be an issue is probably the desert.
1: Yes, I noticed it specifically in the desert when you're trying to, like, look across the map to see if you can find
2: that, like, praying mantis bug. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I'm going to have you review a Switch game. I'm curious what you'd say.
0: Yeah. (laughs) sitting
2: here like, that's like normal. Like, what?
0: Yeah, I mean, did you see Sonic Frontiers? It's not looking great.
1: (laughs) I mean, the capability, because this started out on the PlayStation, and so I feel like the the rendering should have been a little bit better. But other than that, the graphics and art style was flawless. Everything worked well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the characters. uh, So you play as a person in a species called Grumpuses, and they are monsters, like Sesame Street monsters, essentially. Yes. (laughs) They're just like fluffy hand puppets, and... They range from different colors uh, and kind of shapes, but at the end of the game, they don't look that way anymore. They look more like food. Uh, but yep. you have characters ranging with all sorts of personality types. Um, so when you get to this island, you find that the person starting the expedition onto the bug snacks mm-hmm. uh, gathered everybody with opposite personalities because they thought that would be funny. To see if they could get along. And no. And no, none of them get along. All of them hate each other. So it's like a reality TV show. Yeah, It's exactly like Jersey that.
0: Shore, but with bucks yeah. next. Yeah. <laughs> get crazy. <laughs> the,
1: the real survival on Grumpus Island. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of all of the characters. But, you know, honestly, most of them don't really matter too much. I skipped yeah. a lot of their dialogue.
0: I will say... um, Something I thought was kind of clever about because the natural question is okay, you're a grumpus, you're a reporter, you go to this island, why don't you eat the bug snacks? And oh. I thought it's actually really clever the explanation they gave. It's like, wow, we haven't ever met anyone that's allergic to bug snacks before. A little lazy, but I mean, like, actually, in my opinion, like, what other explanation would they have come up with? Like, oh, I'm just not hungry right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And that kind of moves into the story a little bit there, too. Um, yeah, your character is the only character that does not consume bug snacks on this island because mm-hmm. they're As allergic.
2: Someone who is allergic to certain types of alcohol. What do you really think of me, JP? I'm scared now. Yeah. <laughs> lazy writing.
0: Lazy writing. You're just, you're
2: just lazily God, writing.
0: God gave you lazy writing. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you're just... That explains a lot of my call grades, actually. You were on this planet for character development of the main attack protagonist. <laughs> How does it so feel? So are the to rest of us, the main cast. <laughs> yes, I'm just, I'm just yes. happy to be involved.
2: <laughs> just happy to be here. Uh, yeah. uh, side point: um, Am I like Eris? Am I cuter? Like uh, am, I, am I more of like a Tifa side character? I just need to know. Oh well, t- t- you're no Tifa. Fuck I you, bro. Would...
0: Tifa. Come mm. on,
2: you remind me of... Mako. Befica, Befica, Befica. I don't even know who that's from. Is that like? It's Aner from Bugs.
1: It's, it's a character in Bugs. You don't want to be <laughs> Befica.
0: Okay, now I don't want to be sad. <laughs> the truth is, like all of the characters are interesting in their own ways. But what are like two or three that stuck out to you the most?
1: Um, Triffany. <laughs> Triffany, definitely because she was the explorer. Um, she mm-hmm. she was like the anthropologist of the group. Um, I really like Chanlo. Which one was
0: Chanlow Chanlow was
1: the bodybuilder he, he was he was funny, yeah, he, he was was just did it for the gains, the gains and the <laughs> grains um, and I really oh on that note though, I really liked the development of characters across the story because like right. chan and snorpy um funny names but they're <laughs> they're in a relationship and like most of the game if you do the side quest you get them to fall in love like you get them to admit to each other that they love each other
0: and that's what i told travis one time is like i know it doesn't seem like it but bucks is a very pro lgbtq oh yeah
1: well game there's like three couples that are LGBTQ plus in the game, um, and it's, but it's more along the lines of stories of human nature. Right. Like these are grumpuses, but like these are very <laughs> real human They're- problems that people have that you help solve.
0: We're grumpuses, damn it! We've got problems. Like
1: you were talking about Wiggles earlier. Wiggles is a depressed musician because she's trying to be known for more than just her one hit track. Like, she wants to be known for something other than what she did in the past, and she just can't get past that brick
0: wall. I think it's interesting what you said um, of my, you know, when I was saying, like, the ending is depressing. You're like, no, the whole game. I guess I was speaking relatively.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, on the surface, like, if you just go through the whole game, like, feeding bug snacks to people and not really paying attention, yeah, it's really cute and charming until you get to that last ten minutes. Mm -hmm. But, no... All the way through, especially when you're at the beginning and you're getting your assignment from Clorpy. Or Good I think it was Clorpy. I think was your boss's name or something, and like you're fired. She expected you not to come back and she's like, Fine, you walk out that office, you're done. I'm gonna blacklist your name across the town. It's like and do it's, it, you won't. <laughs> like, whoa, this is an
0: E-rated game here. <laughs> yeah, it's that's it really is crazy. And since we're on the vein of characters. Is Do you have a favorite bug snack? Ooh, favorite bug snack. Because um, there's a hundred of these little things running around. A hundred different bug snacks. Collect yeah. them all. I
1: think I like the Spagaiter <gasps> or Picantus. Okay. Uh, Spagaiter is in that uh, DLC part with the giant bug snacks. Uh, and then the Picantus is that praying mantis that if you get it to, like, Extinguished from its flame, uh, then it blows into like five different bug snacks. Ugh, annoying. Totally
2: trying to be transparent here. I am afraid to ask any questions. <laughs> I just want you all to know that I'm just saying here. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm, but I'm confused. JP is like into this conversation. He is vibing, so I'm just gonna let this go. But just if I'm quiet, yeah, because I'm scared. you're
0: just like, what the fuck is this
2: <laughs> game? I don't get it. Only people who talk bug snacks know about it. Mm-hmm. Cam, do you feel the same? Like I'm just, I'm curious here. I, <clears throat> no idea what you're telling you. Alright,
0: alright, <laughs> so mine is Strabi, And I know it's literally the first bug snack you see, but Christine and I she cause she played bug snacks too, we just run around the apartment just saying Strabi, Strabi, Strabi Strabby Strabi, Strabi. Don't to one another. <laughs> alright, so we keep alluding to this dark story, and you've given a little snippets of what's going on. Get into what makes this game fucked up. Talk a little bit about the story.
1: Okay, and so this is going to be kind of a little bit of a rehash of when JP played Bug Snacks before, but you go through the uh, the game and you're looking for Lizbert, uh, Megafang or something like that. Yeah. And finally, towards the end of the game, you catch wind of exactly where she is. You've gathered all of the townspeople together, and finally it's time to open the door, and that's where you find out that The bug snacks you've been feeding to people throughout the entire game are actually parasites and have consumed many, many Grumpuses before. Uh, In fact, if you do some of the side quests, you find out that Trifony's great-grandmother... Uh, completed an expedition to Snackberg Island, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And perished on the island. And so that is the whole reason that Triffany is there is to find her grandmother's remains. Mm-hmm. You never do find her grandmother's remains, but along the way, you discover that these bug snacks have e- existed for centuries and have brought in so many civilizations to their doom.
0: So I alluded to you, and then uh, you're right, because this is just a rehash of what I talked about. Lisbert. And Egabell are done for, right? Because, like, Lizbird's just consumed way too many bug snacks. So, like, she's done. She can't revert yes. back to normal.
1: And that's the thing. Uh, the game tells you at the very end, uh, you better not have fed all of your grumpuses completely full of bug snacks. And, like, how you know a grumpus is full of bug snacks is if their whole body has transformed into a bug, or mm-hmm. a snack. And if you do that, you're very likely to lose a lot of villagers. Because their brains get manipulated by the bug snacks.
0: Now, I alluded to you when we assigned you this game to play. Complete every side quest before you finish the game. And the reason why I said to do that is because if you have a character with one side quest that's not completed, they die at the end of the game. And then because they all have like some kind of partner, you know, you walk the beach when you all finally get off like you're safe. And they're all like, oh, yeah, we made it. But if you don't save one character, you see their partner sad and depressed and crying because their friend died. Yeah, I did not have that happen. I did complete
1: all of the side missions. Good. But I was was fully anticipating in that last little battle you have, which I loved, by the way, at the very end, when you go from catching bug snacks to killing bug snacks, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Um, But I was just waiting to go by all the villagers, and they would just... D- dismantle into, like, snacks.
0: That's what happens. Yeah. Because that's... I did two... Not playthroughs, but I... Uh, the first time I played, I had one side quest. Literally one side quest I did not finish. For who? Um, I want to say it was... It was the poor little guy that didn't want to eat the bug snacks in the first place. Oh, no. that You had to feed it to him while he was sleeping. Not Gramble. What happened is... If basically because there's like quick time events and little events when you're trying to escape to get off the island because it's all breaking apart, right? And what happened with him, he's like, well, I guess this is how it ends. And just turns into like a bunch of food and just falls on the ground. I'm just imagining like David
2: Cronenberg and like the thing right now. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of what
0: it is. Dude, I was fucked up when that happened. I had to pause the game and just... See,
1: I I oh, luckily, made it, Fuck! I'm so sorry. I luckily made it out there. I I did all the side quests and everything and no one died. I was fully anticipating it. And like even the very end, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go much further than this, but the very end is very happy too.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: How you think it would end doesn't that's not
0: how it ends if you do everything, right? So, the other thing um, on this list is gameplay. Now, obviously, catching, there's different ways to catch the bug snacks. And on top of that, a lot of bug snacks are actually pretty challenging to figure out how to catch. Like, some are extremely easy. Yes. Right? um, Like, you just lay out a trap, and they're dumb, so they just walk into the trap. Like, are you food? And then you catch them, and they're like, I guess not. Yeah, I guess (laughs) not. (laughs) And then there's others where you have to actually, like, solve a puzzle in order to get them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: um, So what do you think of those mechanics? uh, Basically, what I'm asking is like, okay, the graphics were cool, the characters were cool. Did you actually have fun with the gameplay?
1: I did. I had fun with the gameplay for about two to three hours. Okay. Then it got stale. Then it was very much, oh, I got to run back and forth to go get this hat from this bug, or I got to go get this bug in this biome, then this biome, or I got to collect all the snack pods. And it just...
0: It just got a little tedious and It does get a little tedious and repetitive. I'll give you that.
1: And I never really had much problem with specific bug snacks uh, in the catching department. But there were a couple where I was like, did I do this right? Or did I just kind of catch this thing on my own accord?
0: I mean, I I think there's no right answer. It's kind of like in Zelda Breath of the Wild, how like, yeah, there's a set way to do this. But ultimately, it... If you find another way, good for you. Yeah, as long as you find with it. magnets, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, and then a score out of ten.
1: Uh, well, my final thoughts: I loved this game. It's cute. It was charming, but I gotta say, towards the end, I was ready to be done. It got a little stale. It got a little boring. Uh, I did like the mix-up with the kill and the bug snacks at the end. I think there could be maybe like a bug snacks two. Um, in fact, the end of the game does kind of leave it open to a bug snacks two.
0: That it does because one of the Strabies, uh they escaped to the mainland on a boat, and one of the strawbies actually got on the boat. Yep. And the last thing you see is strawberry, strawberry, strawberry,
1: and it runs off it going into the, the, city. the city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so I think there's going to be a bug snacks too. I think as long as they mix up the the gameplay, it was a great first attempt. Uh, just got a little boring, but no, I definitely would give it an eight point
0: five out of ten. Not bad at all. Yeah. I think what it was trying to be, it just did a fantastic job. It did. I, it hit every mark so it wanted it to. It's so fucking different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it just, when you strip all of that individuality away from it, you're just kind of like, I wish there was a little bit more here.
0: Okay. I mean, that, yeah, that's 100% fair. But yeah, no, 8.5. That's a good score. That's a it's good a score. score. It's a brilliant score. A good score. Zach, tell us about Poyo and the Forgotten Poyo.
2: You weren't here for the Poyoing. Um,. I got to play Kirby's Forgotten Kirby in the Forgotten, Land. The Forgotten yeah. Land. I was One to... of
0: my favorite games on the Switch by almost the way. I almost called the
2: Amazing Mirror again. I don't know why. I really want to play that game on the Advance. <laughs> um anyway, uh in Kirby in the Forgotten Land, you are Kirby, spoilers. Um and you
0: spoilers?
2: You you Kirby it up like if, And what I mean by that is if you played a Kirby game, you're going to be Kirby and doing more Kirby things. The cool thing about this Kirby though is you have, you know, two differences. Yeah, one it's I don't know if I want to say open world. It's Super Mario three D world. They it's it, not it's not open world, but it's like open level. That's why I would best yeah. description of it.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. That makes
2: and I mean for that, it's great. Um, and then the second big catch to this Kirby game, well, even though it's still a Kirby game, you had that one thing but you also had mouthful mode, which is where you get to be a mouthful car. Mouthful mode. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that was a hit with the 12 year olds and older, (laughs) Um, but yeah, mouthful mode. And so you could like be a paraglider, you could be a roller coaster, all these fun little things. Um, And so yeah, the, I mean, just going with that, like I mean, it's a good Kirby game. Kirby like always kind of comes out towards the end of a console's life cycle, and so it's usually one of the best graphical showcases, and it's always one of the most um, polished. So saying that, um, I know that's not true for everything, but like, I feel like that's a pretty good summation of the art style. Like it's just a really cute whimsical Kirby game,
1: which is really funny. You say that it looks like some of the best games at the end of a Nintendo console's lifestyle lifetime, because Kirby is the most simply drawn character ever animated. Oh, 100%. It's just a pink ball with eyes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is true. Um, but I do 100% agree with you. Um, there's not a lot of games that I think can match the beauty of Kirby and the Forgotten Land like on Nintendo- the Switch. On the Switch. Nintendo like has done a lot of ambitious things before where honestly sometimes the console itself can't handle it. Like for example, a lot of Breath of the Wild is gorgeous, but then you get into the Forgotten Woods and all of a sudden your frame rate drops pretty significantly. Oh yeah. But Kirby not only is it gorgeous, Nintendo optimized it. Like they found out Exactly how much beauty to put in to still make the game run extremely well. Like, they they nailed it, man. It looks beautiful.
2: And um, so that... I'm trying to think of the art style. Like, Kirby's always been that one. Like, what was it? Canvas Curse, where it was like... Not string. I think that was the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that was more just touchscreen. Like, Kirby's always been kind of that um, innovative piece. Like, they just kind of like say, like, hey, we have an idea. Let's run with it and see where it goes. Um, but like Kirby's Dream Land of the Ness, uh, was super like pallidy. I'm trying to think of what it was. It was like pastel, color pastel. Yes. Mm. Like they always use that to make the art style and just push the boundaries kind of similar to Yoshi. And so the art style is usually always a 10 out of 10 for me. You know what I mean? Like it just looks gorgeous. Mm. I'm sure you could, you could knock it if you like the art style or not like the art style, but you still can be like, they embrace the art style nonetheless.
0: What was your favorite little, um area because you know there's areas and then the levels in the areas what was your favorite area
2: you know I'm whimsical and you only really see it very often is like the amusement park section yes I thought that was really fun really great
0: cool. my favorite levels in that game
2: uh, other than that there's the frozen level there's the lava level there's the grassy desert level or sorry there's the grassy level and then there's the desert level like I mean it's very typical and so like yeah amusement park I think like there was one more that wasn't typical Ace. Do you have an ice level in there? Yeah. I There's ice.
0: I Oh, yeah. Th- that, but I think that's what made the amusement park stand out is because it's like, okay, here's land. The, you know, levels that we've seen in every fucking Mario Kart, every fucking Zelda. The amusement park is different, and it's fun. Kind of like the New Be- Donk City. Exactly, because of how different it is. So,
1: yeah, you, you, you just mentioned New Donk City. Uh, what I noticed about Kirby and the Forgotten Land is it looked very similar to Odyssey. How does it compare to Odyssey in, like, graphics, art style, and even gameplay.
2: They're this, I mean, I think they're very similar. I mean, they both just look gorgeous. Um, trying to think, I haven't played Odyssey in a while. I feel like Odyssey was also breathtaking a lot. Uh,
1: oh, uh, yeah. Like when I saw yeah. the T-Rex for the first time in Odyssey, my jaw dropped. And
0: well, again, it wasn't, it, was just, it wasn't just that it was beautiful. It was also that it was different. Yeah. So if like there's one thing you could say about the graphics and the art, which I'll... It's not even the graphics or the art that's the problem. It's just, like, creativity of landscape at that point of, like, you know, if because the amusement park was so amazing because of how different it was and how you just don't see that. I think, like, this game, as amazing as it already is, if it just had some more unique, I guess, levels and areas, that would have brought it to the next level. But that's just me. All right, so tell us about the wide in-depth, interesting characters that we find in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Hey, I want to hear about Bandana Waddle Dee. Bandana, oh, you get to hear about Bandana Waddle Dee.
2: Okay, so yeah, we'll loop this in with story two because uh, it's a Kirby game. (laughs) It's a Kirby game. game. So there's a Kirby there, and Kirby is just your... I'm trying to think of what starts off. Was it a cake? He wanted a cake? And then... Isn't that how every... well, he was on his uh, home planet, which is Star something, Starland, star? and then Elf villain, Elf villain, I'm Elf trying. villain, <laughs> and you know, like they had Maglador, Mag, Mag, Maglador, yeah course Cam walks in want to say that name <laughs> I've only stuttered like six times in front of the guy um, but yeah and he was like you know oh I just need help building my spaceship and then he became like Space Hitler um, and so I was like okay <laughs>
0: Space Hitler why does Hitler keep coming up
2: and then so Elf Villain has villain in the name, so I'm sitting here like, okay, that's gonna be a bad guy. That's her- the bad guy.
0: <laughs> it's like, I wonder who the antagonist is. Yeah.
2: So you hang out with Elf Villain the entire time. Turns out the Beast Team just wants Elf Villain to take over the world, and Elf Villain, even though he has villain in the name, isn't really a bad guy. So spoilers, if you you know thought it was MacLittle or 2.0 or whatever. I feel like I'm so saying that wrong. I'm sorry to every Kirby fan out there. Okay.
0: All right. I I will say here's one thing I loved about the characters, which I know it's Kirby.
2: Banana Waddle D, Kirby and Elfilin, yes. DDD.
0: The way they oh. used the way no, the way oh, they I,
2: used DDD in I this kind of game. I forgot DDD was actually a thing in Kirby game. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, but he's actually there and he uh, initially he's under control. Mm-hmm. He's
2: under the control of the evil peeps, right? I feel like he gets possessed in every Kirby game. After say, the first or second one,
1: yeah, like in the first two games, he was the main boss, but then after that, he's like it's the first mini boss or
0: something. King DDD exists, evil entity. It's free real estate. <laughs> it's free real estate. <laughs> it's, free real estate. <laughs> <laughs> it's free real estate. Oh, although, so there is a point though where DDD actually Kirby knocks the shit out of him, and then DDD snaps out of it, and you kind of see all the enemies coming at you when there's an elevator and DD actually sacrifices himself to save the waddle and to give Kirby a little bit more time to fight the big guy upstairs. So it's one of the only times you see DDD is like kind of this one, a really good King and two, like not such an evil asshole.
2: <laughs> That's character growth. If I've ever done seen it, character growth <laughs> in a Kirby game. Um, deep, deep. Yeah. So, that's the characters in story. It's the beast squad. You fight a bunch of beasty things. You kill a lot of those little cute puppies, and I'm like, ooh, I am like this.
0: They, yeah, no kidding. Something else that they did in the game that I... It's not uncommon, but, like, you beat up the lion. It turns out that all of this is being done by some lion guy who's just been trapped on that world forever, right? So you beat him, and they advertise that as the final boss, but, of course, it wouldn't be a Kirby game unless you have to kill God. Yeah, basically. So... <laughs> So they advertise that as the end of the game. But then once you beat him, the lion guy, Lion Gar or something, there's a whole new world that opens up, isn't there?
2: Is there? I feel like it was just like one big level with like the final boss. The final, final boss, right? I didn't like get the 100% completion bonus. I don't know if that makes it, but I did fight the boss after the lion guy.
0: Okay, so the guy with the wings and the
2: fire sword. Did you get the fire sword? I, I think so. There was a lot of colors. There was a lot. That's who I'm talking yes. about. Yes, okay. I did. Okay, it's coming back to me. Man, that was cool. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> um, and gameplay. I did kind of. I didn't really sell this very well. I really liked how like you get the typical Kirby abilities, but they like level up, and so Fire Kirby turns into Dragon Kirby, where you can like. Rock it around. I thought that was really neat. Hit on that a little bit more. Because I I, I wanted to know about that too.
1: What do you mean by like level up the abilities? Is it like merging Mm -hmm. two abilities together? Or do you
2: RPG it? It's kind of like an RPG. You get like these little star coins. For like doing these little bonus levels. Um, They're not called star coins. So I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. But And you can level them up at a shop. And so it's like an RPG almost. And so like you get level 1, level 2, level 3. Um, I'm trying to think of the fire ability. Fire was literally just the first thing. Then you shoot like fireballs and you can like mm-hmm. comet around and then you turn into a dragon so you can yeah. comet around longer and you literally have like this giant cool flame breath.
0: So like you get an ability, right? Because you have like this little hometown, right? There's a shop with every. ability. town. Yes. There's a shop with every ability you've collected and you get to kind of like. Upgrade as you go. So, like, uh, there's an ice ability, for example. When you first get the ice ability, it's pretty straightforward, right? You blow and ice comes out of your mouth. You uh, you can upgrade each of these different abilities twice, and by the time it's fully upgraded, you're shooting icicles out of every direction in your body while blowing ice and also rolling around and stabbing people with icicles. But, but don't, don't forget, very uncomfortable. You get as
2: Kirby walks, you're ice skating. Yeah, yeah.
0: but oh. you ice skate, so it's whimsical. Oh, that's cute. Any of the sword abilities were always my favorite. In fact, you're, what you get for beating God yes. <laughs> is a fire sword that just turns you into an unbeatable fuckery machine. Insane Daddy Link. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's true. And so, yeah, final thoughts. Like I feel like we've been through it all. It kind of even milked a little. Like, I thought it was a really good Kirby game. Um, I think the biggest gripe people had with it was it was short, like six to eight hours. And I'm like, I mean, good. it's Kirby. <laughs> what like, is it going to do? You can you could speed through it. There's like completion bonus. so You could get 10 hours. I That was fine. That was good. Um, I would give it like an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's better than like a good game. I wouldn't say it's like an amazing, spectacular game of the year game by any means, but it's still a really good Kirby game. That's honestly lower than what I would have given it. What'd you give it, Mr. Picky Pants? I think I would have given it like a 9.2, Mr. Picky Pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy who was like, it's too short. It was too short, but what you got out of it was amazing. Like, I think I had a lot more fun playing the game.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I could see it on the same level as Bug Snacks. You know, they're both great games. They offered a ton, but, you know, they're not well, perfect, and they're probably not going to make it. Uh, game of the Year dockets. No, I no, mean, no, no. Obviously. No, 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 film no, no, film. no, 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 no. But
2: <laughs> I really liked the game. I don't know if it, you know what I mean? Like, it was hard to like, it did come out between like Monster Hunter Rise, like Sunbreak and Xenoblade 3. So I'm kind of like, it kind of got in it, there.
1: It was a filler. Yeah. It's <laughs>
2: just a, a filler. It's just filler. a filler time. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. Maybe that's why I'm, like, on
0: the lower side. Because, like... It's not even lower side. 8.5 is a fantastic score. But I thought this was an amazing game.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. JP, you should play it. Again. I fucking might. All right. (laughs) Just might. (laughs) So... I gave my score. I think that means it's your turn, JP. What, right. is, what game did you do? What is how did stuff? you enjoy sunset overdrive?
0: Okay. So everything you said I would enjoy about sunset overdrive was 100% fucking true. Hell yeah, it was. It's a great game. Is <laughs> So it's just, I don't even know how to describe what's fucking going on because the whole story in itself is fucking prep- uh, preposterous. But. <laughs> yeah. So let's start off with the graphics and the art style. Um, sunset overdrive basically it's not supposed to be this like overly realistic game it's supposed to be stylized right and uh, as far as that goes i think the game does a wonderful fucking job of just like designing the city designing the characters like the fucking weird weapons um i didn't have any even for a game that came out right when the xbox one did i didn't have any issues with how the game looked i thought even now it holds up really really damn well you know
1: i uh, i heard a review of this game early on when it first came out and the reviewer compared the graphics and art style to looking at the side of an osiris shoe <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, so accurate that's <laughs> yeah that that an makes osiris a lot of shoe. sense oh my god that's so yeah that's true
1: <laughs> that's exactly what this game looks like
0: um, and even when you're like traversing around the town, I felt like just the way that the characters move, especially like your protagonist and um, the way everything moves, not named just douchebag. no, not, not... <laughs> <named> douchebag. <laughs> like it's just there's not a whole lot I can say. It looks really, really good, um, and it really holds up what did you think about the environmental
1: visuals? Like if you had a giant soda explosion and then like you'd have boom pop up
0: above your I'm head glad you mentioned that because if there's yeah. one thing I'm a huge fan of, it's like comic book stylized violence. Yes. That's why I like it. Into the Spider-Verse is my favorite fucking movie of all time. But yeah, you would like when cans blow up and you go boom, it's a boom in the explosion. Like, yes, I loved the way that was stylized. It's like... I'm almost ashamed it took me so long to play this game because I think it was made for me. On the other hand, I'm not an Xbox guy and haven't had access to any this game until recently, so...
1: That's fair, that's fair. But yeah, no, I, I immediately thought of that about you when we were talking about this game because that... It just screams your style. It's so fun. It's freeing and yeah. whimsical even.
0: And I know there's not a section in this review for the music, but it the music complements the graphics and art style and just what this game is supposed to be so fucking much. It's just nothing but metal punk rock music, the entire gameplay, at times unnecessary, but just adds to the, yeah,
2: yeah, fuck so yeah. I'm vibing with so this. So is, is this Tony Hawk's Underground 3 or what?
0: Kind of. Yeah, yeah kind of. Okay. okay. This happens right after Tony Hawk Pro. That's the prequel. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the graphics and the art style, um, beautiful environments, beautiful stylization. Holds up. And, it, you know, in games like this, I think it's really easy to see where it's aged the most and how they design the characters. Mm. Um, but even that I thought was pretty damn good, even by contemporary standards, you know of where we're at. I thought it still looked fantastic. Everything.
1: Yeah. So uh, get into the characters a little bit. What did you think of them? Although I don't remember too many notable characters.
0: That's because every single one of them are forgettable. Yeah. Because every y- single one of them are forgettable. I mean, like the characters is honest to God, probably the weakest part of the story because, I, and, and to be fair, they don't introduce any characters as if there's someone who's supposed to be extraordinarily important. But even then, I could not give you the name of a single character, and I just played the
1: fucking game. Yeah. I mean, well, the characters are just there temporarily to give you a bunch of nameless, faceless quests, and then you 100%. Move on, and you never talk to those people again. So I 100%. And, I mean, I don't think the game really needed a strong cast of characters, because it's kind of the apocalypse, you know? There's not many people They're left. They're going to die anyway. Yeah, there's not many people left.
0: Um I mean and, and there every game like this always just has the whimsical man that gives you weapons and that was my favorite guy. Yeah. I don't again I don't even remember his name but I do remember he was the only one that had vaguely interesting like inter- I've had vaguely interesting What what are you doing?
2: I'm trying to think of what's the guy from Resident Evil 4? You got some coin? Like, oh, the merchant. His name's just the merchant. Oh, okay. Just what the merchant? You, what are you, boy? Yeah, that's a, it. What do you, you sell? <laughs>
0: it's always the guy who sells you weapons, who's like, this is a really interesting bloke. You don't see a guy named Sheldon like, hello, mate, would you like to buy my newest in exploding teddy bear technology? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> exploding like, teddy bear yeah, technology,
0: you say? Fuck yes, I do. Take my kidney.
2: I'll take a 6 <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> take
0: it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, honest to God, characters and nothing special. Um, That being said, I actually do like the way your main nameless, faceless protagonist, well, faceless, that's not true, but nameless protagonist, (laughs) the way they interact with everybody else is fun because he's clearly, like, he doesn't give a shit that the world's ending. He's just like, hey, that's pretty fucked up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that's what I was uh, really hoping you'd pick up on when we assigned this game to you, was just the fact that the main character does not give a shit.
2: It's just he Link t- comes into your house, throws some pots. Throws some pots around. <laughs> what the fuck what was is happening? <laughs> I need your
0: rupees. My, gra- need your- My grandma's ashes were in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't break the box. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a fuck at all. That. Hey, um, this town is ending, and the military is going to destroy it. And also, don't drink this soda. And you have to kill things. He's just like,
1: I'm going to bounce on this umbrella for
0: thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, he's like, ah, just another Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's not, He doesn't give a shit at all. No, that the That's world who's is going to save us. Yeah, basically. honestly, and he's just honestly, the he's hero
1: just we deserved, not necessarily <laughs> ah, wanted.
0: Ah, ah. And it's just so fucking funny because, like, I think the whole reason that's his attitude is, like, I don't have to go back to my minimum wage job. This (laughs) is great. So, and I mean, like, honestly, the story is not supposed to be anything fucking spectacular either. Actually, if there is any story, it's funny because you do side quests for those those kids that are stuck in the arcade, if you remember those kids. And one of their parents actually developed that, like, energy drink. I remember that. And so like when you're doing quests for them, it slowly gets revealed that like they knew from the start that this shit was probably going to fuck people up. They didn't know it was going to turn them into zombies. (laughs) Just like Red Bull didn't know that people weren't actually going to get wings, you know? Wait, wait, they don't
1: give you wings? Oh, honey. Oh, (laughs) I was going (laughs) to jump off a building
0: later. (laughs) You can still do that. Oh my God. You can can still (laughs) do (laughs) that. So yeah, the story isn't anything. Like I couldn't, tell you any really spectacular story elements to this game either but that's because that's not what the game wanted to be Yeah, You know, it didn't want to have super crazy characters. It didn't want to have a really intricate, deep story. It just wanted to give you a short little adventure where you hop around town with guns that are just made out of, like, the exploding teddy bears thing. I didn't make that up. That's a weapon. (laughs) Oh, no, I remember.
1: Well, it's very important to note that this game is a launch title. Like, this game released when the Xbox One dropped.
0: Which... I think it's weird to advertise it as a launch title, but at the same time, I think it did do a good job of, like...
1: When it With the lacking story, the lacking characters, some of those aspects of the game, um, that, that just screams that it's a launch title because those were not the aspects they were trying to hit on. Like, right. we know that developers can write amazing stories. We know that they can make really deep, motivating characters. 100%. But when you launch a console... You want You're to show here the... for the
2: exploding yeah. teddy bears. You're yes. here for the
1: soda booms and the exploding teddy bears.
0: So yeah, that's 100% true. So story, nothing fantastic. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to them that, like, the whole zombie thing was overdone for so much fucking time that, like, saying... Hey, people are becoming like these weird monster things from drinking an energy drink. It's like that's preposterous, but at least it's different.
1: Yeah, Well, it's funny that you say it's different because that's the exact plot of a show on the CW network called iZombie. iZombie, right? Yeah. The
0: exact plot. God damn it! <laughs> so, yeah. Now let's talk about the gameplay. That's why you play Sunset Overdrive. Now, I want to get into the negatives before I say all the things that I love, compliment sandwich. Yeah. The compliment sandwich, except it's a reverse sandwich because I'm starting off with the shit. You so, <laughs> you gave us some compliments first, I think. Okay, that's fair. Boom. Okay, so the way you traverse the town is it's very big into parkour mechanics, right? like um you grind on things that honestly you shouldn't be able to grind on the physics make no fucking sense <laughs> it really is like tony hawk pro skater
1: yeah he's just he just straps on some converse chucks and he's just just grinding, grinding on, on rails. A rail that's
0: parallel to the ground Yeah. at like 20 miles an hour i'm like weird flex but okay <laughs> but okay um i, I would No, that sounds amazing right and all the meanwhile um while you're going around, you can jump, and there's different ways to, like, kind of get air that you need to get to the next railing. And when it works, it works well. But I remember when we uh, signed Peaches in this very segment, uh, Dying Light, he said that, like, if you make a game where you have these parkour-style mechanics, the game needs to be very forgiving of, like, the way you latch onto rails and the way you kind of adapt to that. And I honestly think Sunset Overdrive has the same problem. Yeah. Because the parkour mechanics can be very fucking finicky. Oh, yeah. And, well, it, and inconsistent, to be completely honest. Absolutely. Have you guys ever tried parkour? It's very finicky. Why <laughs> the fuck would I do that? <laughs> parkour! I par- parkour!
1: I parkour like Michael Scott, let me tell you. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I start planking? Yes.
0: <laughs> Bring Are it we back. bringing back the plank? Bring it back. Top of flagpole planking. I love it. So, I mean... That's kind of like my caveat when it comes to the way the gameplay works. Is like, and that's not even to say the parkour is bad, it's just finicky. Like, you really need to get used to it. And even when you do get used to it, you're still just gonna fuck up for apparently no reason at times. Yeah, and it
1: really sucks when you're doing the mission and you gotta hit like every grind rail perfectly because you're following somebody. Yes. And like, you keep hitting that spot where they just won't jump at the last minute and hit the next grind spot or something. You know? And you just have to restart the level
2: over and over over yes i think i can speak to everyone here when i say that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> uh not to me it's not oh
0: <laughs> oh anyway all right so we're in a compliment sandwich here so let's talk about one of my favorite parts the fucking weapons yes I love a game with whimsical fucking weapons. That's why I love Borderlands is because when you pick up a weapon, it's not going to be a pistol. It's going to be pistol that shoots other pistols that punch you in the face (laughs) with pistols. With pistols. Right? And now, obviously, it's not that crazy in Sunset Overdrive, but you have a really... I mean, it's apocalypse time, so no one's ever like, hey, here's a shotgun. It's always like, hey, here's a shotgun that like just shoots fucking wonders and confetti and bananas or something.
1: Here's a revolver that fires soda
0: cans. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I think that's
1: actually like your first weapon, the soda can revolver. You get the
0: shotgun and the revolver first. Um, You do one of the later weapons that you get, actually it's still pretty early, is the teddy bear shooting bazooka, which was always my favorite. (laughs) You never once have to worry about ammo. This is not the kind of game where you have to worry about like, like Resident Evil, it's like, if I shoot this bullet now, I'm not going to find another one for 4 hours into the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I No, this game is very generous with ammunition. And again, because it's not trying to be a game where you have to reserve ammo and think about the story, it's 100% of the time balls to the wall fucking action. What are you buying? What are you we, selling? What are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, stranger. See. Is that seriously the name of the guy from Resident Evil 4, the, the merchant? merchant? Yeah, his
1: name is just the merchant. Yeah, he's the merchant. The the merchant in Resident Evil 8 is known as the Duke. The Duke. And apparently, he's good friends
0: with the merchant from RE4.
1: That's cool. I need to play that. A little bit of lore. Huh.
0: I do, I need to play RE8 too. Yeah. I've heard yeah, it's amazing. And Plus, it was my vampire mommy, Lady Demetrescu, is <laughs> there.
2: You know, can we just talk about how I did play Resident Evil 4 and now they're remaking it? Yeah. It's like they just want me to keep my backlog. Anyway. (laughs) Anywhos.
0: Anywho. So, again, like, um, and I guess I can give this into my final thoughts as well to wrap us up because we've been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Sunset Overdrive is not trying to have a super sincere and expansive story. It's not trying to have that with its characters either. What it's trying to do is have an extremely fun, stylized game that is nothing but balls-to-the-wall action for a five-to-seven-hour playthrough with badass music and badass weapons, and for just wanting to be that, it does that very well. That being said, even when you look at the game that way, the other problem I have is repetitive tasks, repetitive side missions that all boil down to... Hey, I have this huge favor, but it requires you to kill hordes of the... I want to keep saying zombies. I'm going to just call them zombies. That's not technically
2: true. Yeah. They call them mutants, but... Gleeks. <laughs> Gleeks. The Gleeks. <laughs> it was a it was a Walking Dead thing. Yeah. We'll call them Gleeks. What else do they call them? Zeeks. At...
0: But anyway, I think what it does do, it does very well. Um, but, you know, in a game like this... The aesthetic of the punk, rock, fun, parkour, gun shooting, that doesn't last an extremely long time to justify, like, the repetitive side missions. And honestly, just, that's really it. Just the lack of variety to do, except for time trials. But I fucking hate time trials. Oh, yeah.
2: no. Didn't you, like, complete Crash Bandicoot,
0: though? Yes. 100% the first Crash Bandicoot. You know why? You're a Because I fucking hate myself. <laughs> Whew. Sorry. <laughs> but no, you're, you're
1: absolutely right. There's a total of three different missions in okay, Sunset wait. Overdrive, and that's like kill this group of monsters, set all these traps, and defend yourself from monsters, or go find this
0: item. Okay, your that's
2: compliment l- sandwich kind of turned into, like, you got some shit on the outside now. All right, what was your final score for this game, JP?
0: That's a great question. I think Sunset Overdrive, what it wants to do, it does extremely well. If you're coming to this game for the characters of the story, you're not going to find it. If you're coming here for just a fucking nice, like, just blast like five to six hour game, like that's what you're going to find, right? I'd give this game about a 7.8 out 7. of 10. 8. Wow. So a really solid game because it does what it does. It does what it wants to do very well. You know, but that being said, the, even with that, there's a lot they could have done that I thought would have made it better.
1: Honestly, that's a really generous score for how old this game is and especially being a launch title. I know that wh- that doesn't mean a whole bunch, but yeah. Like, it definitely does factor into the the score. Right. Um, and so for it to hold up as a 7.8 for you today, that's amazing. Like, that's a damn good game, and it held to the test it of does. time.
0: It, it holds up, man. It's It was on the backlog for about a decade, but I'm <laughs> glad I finally got to it. But you finally got around, and it was worth it. And I, I remember even, because the whole reason I even know about this game was watching you, like, 10, uh, ten years ago in Carney. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This looks awesome. Only the greatest game ever. (laughs) It's Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but with a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Which which they should (laughs) honestly add to the next Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Really, really live. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I love doing this segment because it's nice to actually get to play games that we've backlogged. That, to be honest, without coercion from our co-hosts, we're not going to play. I'm scared (laughs) of commitment. Yeah, I know, Zach. (laughs) so yeah Been before I've <laughs> oh you'll be hurt again <laughs> so yeah I think that about wraps it up boys I think we picked some great games for one another and in the meantime I cannot wait to do this segment again so thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the game tea podcast we'll see you in the next episode
1: you just got your
0: game tea bye
1: I got crabs
0: <laughs> yeah thanks and seen. and scene <laughs> A Media Production.